You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to more of the Greeks Gridiron. I am Ethan Hristadoulou, and today covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a draft grade video. We'll be going through each and every single player that they picked through the entirety of the draft, grading each and every one, then we'll be grading each day as we roll through each one as well from day three to day one, and then giving a final overall score to wrap things up. So, my Buccaneers fans, comment down below. Who are you looking forward to seeing play coming out of this rookie class? here who are you excited about who are you maybe a little bit worried about or maybe scratching your head about that the Buccaneers went and selected in this year's draft class make sure of course as always you like and also hit that subscribe button but without further ado let's start with day number three we'll work our way from the bottom all the way up to the top we'll start with Andre Anthony Edge Out of LSU, this is my worst draft pick of the entire group here. I graded this one a D. It's a poor pick from just what I've gathered based off of scouting reports and what I what very little I've been able to actually find of him in terms of just like some game film to watch uh, someone with good handwork you know really good effort he's a very physical type of player but somebody who is also dealing with a big injury history he missed all of 2017 he missed all of 2021 he lacks the size and power that scouts look for in this position here and he doesn't necessarily have that high-end get-off burst that you want to see from an edge rusher so and he's like a edge linebacking kind of hybrid so I mean you know maybe he works in a different way within the Buccaneers scheme I guess it just depends on what they plan on doing but when you look at just kind of what he's been labeled as a lot of people just kind of look at or scouts excuse me I should say look at him as more of like a he's going to be man number 53 on the roster if he even does make the roster and that's like at bet best at worst you're looking at practice squad or he's not even on the team come you know cut cut days and when they finally order out who's going to be on the practice squads and whatnot like I said this is my worst draft pick of the entire group here uh it'll be interesting to see how he fits in considering some of the other draft picks they've made and also players that are already on the roster uh you know seventh round guy not really going to put too much weight on him but I do give it a d then we're looking at, in round number six, at pick 218, Co Keeft, the tight end out of Minnesota. I gave this one a C, a very average situational type of selection. This guy was brought in for one main reason, and that is for his blocking ability. He's a shorthanded guy, yes, but he's not somebody who's going to wow you with any amazing catches or anything like that, or, you know, wow you with his route running ability or ability to create separation. No, he's a shorthanded tight end. He will make the catch if the ball does come his way, but he is known for his blocking ability he's a run blocker first and a pass catcher second and he's well aware of that as well he lacks like that speed and explosiveness that we're starting to see from like those premier elite tight ends that we have in the game today then he doesn't necessarily create a ton of uh separation but again he's a very good blocker and seeing this selection here it makes sense to me what they're trying to do with him they're bringing him in to try to expand on what they can maybe do in the run game or even just with an extra man in pass protection for Brady or potentially beyond Brady's career should he decide to retire at the end of this season and maybe come back again who knows but uh, I do understand the selection I give it a C average pick situational pick at best uh, 
I do. I, I think it fits what they needed. It is a team need. They needed to look at the tight ends group a little bit because as of right now, Rob Gronkowski, even though he's working out with Brady, has not actually committed to coming back quite just yet. So, I mean, it, it, up in the air, but I think we all kind of know where that's heading. Then in round number five at pick number 157, I gave this one a B plus. I think this is a really good selection here. Cornerback Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State, 6'2", 199 pounds. He has an awesome size and frame to work with here. Praised for his high football IQ. He has a career 13 interceptions and six forced fumbles in college. Unbelievable numbers there. Impressive production. He's a gunner on special teams as well and a good tackler. This guy brings size. He brings versatility. Versatility. He brings like positional versatility, I should say. You know, he has the production to back him up. He plays on special teams. You know, this is someone who can do a lot, and he's a fifth round draft pick. He does not need to start day one. He can learn from some of the other impressive corners that are on that roster in Tampa Bay. I really like this selection here. And like I said, I graded it out as a B plus. I think it's a really good pick here. Uh, when I looked at like the complaints from scouts and things like that, uh, he does tend to leave a little bit too much space between him and wide receivers at times. And the one scout that I noticed, and this is an interesting one here, he does not hit as big as he is of a player, meaning that he just doesn't hit. He doesn't hit as hard as you want to see him hit for somebody his size. Uh, but I, I, I like the pick. This is, you know, again, so much production for a guy that's going to be a fifth round selection and a depth piece to begin with. And then we'll see where he goes from there. Really Really good pick by the Buccaneers. Then in round number four, we are looking at Jake. Com- I think it's Camarda. Camarda. I don't. Not necessarily sure if I'm pronouncing that 100% correctly. A punter out of Georgia. C minus. I gave it average selection. I would say at best. Um, do I? Am I? I don't really know the punt. I'm going to be honest. I don't really know what the whole punting situation is here. So Buccaneers fans, please go ahead and, you know, school me if you need to here. Um, He's praised for his consistent mechanics. He's fairly accurate. He can handle kickoff duties as well. So, you know, multifaceted punter there. He can do a couple different things for the team, Uh, but he is noted as being inconsistent with his his distance, excuse me, and he has a below average hang time. So there are some knocks his game, some worries about leg strength. Um, You know, if they felt they really needed a punter, I'm surprised. They went after him in the fourth round. This is a pick that feels like you could have gotten him maybe in the sixth round or fifth round, but I don't necessarily know what, you know, the like the market was for punters at this stage in the game, but uh, in the draft that is, but, um, you know, again, C minus C. Yeah. He has some good potential. If, if they really needed a punter this badly, I guess we'll have to see how he fares. Then for the final selection, their their first selection, but my final discussion point here for day number three in round number four at pick 106, a pick they received in a trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars to move back out of the first round. And I gave this pick an A because I think it is an excellent selection and a look towards the future and a future without Rob Gronkowski, whether or not he decides to come back this season or not. But I kind of have the feeling he will be here for maybe one more year at least. This is a guy, Kate Otten, the tight end out of Washington, man. He has got some shake and bake to his play. I really like what he brings to the table here. He's a solid blocker as well, really good route runner, very smart with the way he runs his routes. And he can work all three levels of the defenses fairly well. I love what he brings to the table. If you watch his highlight tape, you can tell 
something about him's a little bit different compared to some other tight ends. He just has like an it factor that you, you, you get from like wide receivers that not every single tight end has that kind of separates the best from the rest. I like what Kate Otten brings to the table and having someone like Tom Brady be the guy that's throwing to you in the early portions of your career can only benefit him. Now he does need to work on his play strength. He's been knocked for that and he's been out muscled at times and he's more, he's been noted as more of a willing than an actual aggressive type of player when it comes to blocking. So he's very willing to block, but he's not necessarily the aggressive blocker you want him to be. But the fact that he's willing is a good sign at that. I like what he brings to the table overall. Like I said, I love the way he plays when I was watching his film. Like he jumps out onto the screen right away and you can see in the way he moves and the way he plays. Very good receiving tight end and someone that I think Tom Brady could have a field day throwing to if he does see a significant amount of snap work, depending on what happens with Rob Gronkowski or not. But overall, for my day number three, I'm going to settle out a B minus. I think there's some really good picks here in the in the you know in the later rounds. Uh, like I said, a pick or two here that kind of left me scratching my head. But overall, a good group, and you know, right around above average per se, somewhere around there. B minus, I think you know, rounds out the way day three looks altogether. I like it. B minus, I think it was a, a solid to even good type of group of guys to be bringing in for day three. Then moving into day number two, we got three selections to work with here. In round number three at pick 91, we are looking at Rashad White, the running back out of Arizona State. I gave this grade a B. I think it's a good pick. He has really good size, six feet, 214. So, you know, like the three down prototypical size type of running back that you want. Very smooth cuts. When I was watching game tape of him, that was the first thing that popped out to me was his cuts, especially the cut back specifically, are very, very smooth and clean. And, and he makes guys miss with them. He's a patient runner. He allows the running lanes to open up in front of him. And he's a dual threat type of running back. He can catch out of the backfield or he can be your running back, whatever you need him to do he can do it and he had the production to back it up this past season with a grand total of 1,456 yards of offense that's through the air and on the ground 16 total touchdowns and he averaged 6.5 yards per touch very impressive production here this is someone who is going to fit into that rotation of running backs I feel very well for Tampa Bay uh, and, you know, his only real knocks to the game, his pass protection might not necessarily be where you want it to be quite yet, but you can work on that with some good coaching and he may rely on his cutbacks a little too often. That is something that I know, notice, like noticed watching myself and something that scouts noticed or wrote about, I guess you should say a lot in some of their reports, something that I saw come up a few times and I was looking in a couple different places there. But overall, I think Good pick. I like having him come into the fold and working into that running back committee there that they work with over in Tampa Bay. And it kind of like negates the loss of Ronald Jones. So again, good selection there. Give it a B. Then in round number two at pick 57, we are looking at Luke Godecki, the guard out of Central Michigan. And I will say that I did a lot of research on this guy pre-draft. And considering what they needed positionally on the offensive line, Luke Godecki, great pick here and a steal that they got him where he, I don't want as late as they did in the second round. Godecki was someone that was graded around like the second round, maybe early third, but I'm kind of surprised he fell as far as he did considering the, the premium that was offensive line in this draft this year. Uh, but I, I love him converted tight end. So he's very athletic. He praised for his, he's praised for his work ethic in the weight room room and also in the film room he's a guy that you know he's not like one or the other you're getting the best of both worlds with him here very good awareness he's rarely
easily fooled by scheme pressures. I mean, he brings a lot to the table to like about him. And then on top of that, it fills a position of need. You know, you you think about the, the retirements and whatnot with what they happened with happened on well, excuse me, with what happened on their offensive line. I'm stumbling all over my words here. I just worked an overnight, so I'm a little bit tired as I do this video. But I really like what he bring, he brings to the table. He fills a position of need. You know, there are some there are some nitpicky things that you look at when you look at his game. He's not necessarily the longest guy. He only has 32 and a quarter inch arms, so not quite as long as you want for an offensive lineman. His transitions are a little bit awkward versus counters and uh, there is going to be the glare of jump and competition that he's going to have to step up against but overall I think really good pick for a position of need with a guy who is a very good athlete at that position as well kind of like the more new aged offensive lineman that we're seeing kind of work their way into the NFL these days love the pick a minus I think it's a great pick and a steal for this team specifically and then in round number two at pick 33, they traded back from day one into day two for this selection here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I gave it a B plus. I think it's a really good pick. They went after Logan Hall, the defensive lineman out of Houston. Very big man, 6'6", 283 pounds. Brings some really good size to the table. He's good explosive, off, good and explosive off the ball. Violent use of his hands. You watch the way he plays and he plays and he's swinging those things when he's pushing through these offensive linemen. And he shows an ability to power through offensive linemen as well. So Solid power rushing moves. Um, his positional fit will apparently take some time to fill from what scouts are saying because of the fact that like he, he he's he's labeled as a D end, but like I've seen him line up inside. I think it will take a little bit of time to figure out exactly where he's going to fit into the fold of the defensive front of Tampa Bay. Uh, he also does struggle with double teams as well, and his body control can be a little bit frenetic at times. If you see the way he plays, like I said, his arms, he uses them and he uses them violently, but sometimes when you're also watching him fight through offensive linemen, it almost feels like he's kind of just like haphazardly moving his way through, but very aggressively it's not pretty it's somewhat effective and also sometimes it can kind of work against him so that's definitely something he's going to have to work on in the pros if he wants to create consistent pressure and be a you know a, a dominant force up front there but a really good pick I would say nonetheless and again another positional need that I would say they needed to go after considering Nadama Kansu is still sitting in free agency and was a big piece on that defensive line for the last couple of years over in Tampa Bay Overall, though, for day number two, I settled at a B plus. I think it was a pretty, you know, pretty good to really good group of guys there in day number two. You hit two positions of need, and then Rashad White. I mean, running back. Could you have saved that was positional need too? Probably with the loss of Ronald Jones. I think he's going to be again a good rotational piece to add into that group of running backs there. I like what they were doing overall in day number two, and then for day number one, when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They obviously did not have a selection because they traded back from 27 to 33, but I do want to consider this in the grading as well as I have done that with a lot of teams in my draft grades. I think it's important to talk about what they did and how they managed to kind of recoup the loss of that selection there. They traded away that pick in round one, pick 27 to the Jacksonville Jaguars and in return received pick 33, pick 106 and pick number 180 in the draft. Now with 33, they obviously got Logan Hall, the defensive lineman. And then with 106, that was how they drafted KDOT in the tight end, who again, another guy I'm a really big fan of here. And they also got selection 180, which they didn't select that 180. I'm assuming got lost in a, in a trade that I just could not find the numbers on. But I gave this overall, the, the use of the pick, an A- minus for day number one. Now, I, like, like I said, 
I really liked Logan Hall, positional need. I think he's a really good player and a good fit for the team. And then, again, Kate Otten in the fourth round there, the use of that pick. I graded that really well also. But I'm a little bit curious here. They went D-line with the selection in round two at pick number 33. So I left them at an A- minus because I'm a little bit curious as to did they trade back thinking that they would still be able to get someone like Devontae Wyatt or maybe George Karlaftis who went off the board with the following picks? Devontae Wyatt got selected literally at pick number 28. I'm curious if they felt comfortable enough to trade back and maybe be able to land Devontae Wyatt still and collect some picks and then ultimately ended up losing out on him not expecting the Packers to go ahead and draft him there because there was a lot of talk and stock over the Packers potentially drafting a wide receiver in the first round, especially after they went linebacker with their initial pick. So I went with an A minus there because it's a question that I don't have answered. And I'm just, I'm curious to see if, if maybe that was the plan. And then they kind of like, they were like, Oh, we will, we just lost the guy we wanted that we thought we'd be able to get in a few picks here. So they went with Logan Hall instead. Obviously, I probably won't get the answer to that. We might not know the answer to that for quite some time, but it was a curious thing that I looked at when I was going through the trade. And then I looked at like who was, who was selected with the pick that they ultimately ended up using and also who was selected before that selection was made. And it kind of brought up that question for me, but a minus for day number one, as for my overall grade, I landed at a B plus for the Buccaneers. I think Overall, this is a really good draft class. Some strong positional needs, some strong players just drafted overall. I mean, the day two selections are, are I mean, overall is is a really good group of guys. I, and I can't say that enough. Like the Luke Odecki pick, big fan of that one. And I'm excited to see what Rashad White can do in this offense. And then again, Logan Hall, I mean, I think he is going to be a solid piece to plug into the front up there over on the defensive side of the ball for Tampa Bay. It'll be interesting to see how they manage to work out these players here. But I would love to know what you think. My Buccaneers fans, how are you feeling about this Buccaneers draft class? Are you excited about anyone? Are you maybe curious about just how some of these guys might fare in the system? But let me know in the comment section down below. As always, I appreciate you guys for watching. I will see you all in the next video. Have a good one.